Hey everybody, this is Raul Gonzalez. And I'm Oscar Ibieta. And our show is called Medicare Agent IQ. And again, the reason that we do this, we're really just trying to help agents get to the next level in this great business. So uh, last week we were discussing overcoming objections and really we kind of went over time because it's such, a, there's so much to talk to and there's so many objections that we could, could face. And so really we just wanted to continue that conversation. And so we're here again um, going through them. And so a couple, let's just go ahead and, and get started. One of the big ones, imagine if you're working retail, you're working at a grocery store with the table set up and someone's like, look, I just don't have time. What's your response? Yeah. Well, I totally understand. You probably have some milk in there that you don't want to get warm or uh, you're, I know you're real busy. You came here today to buy groceries. You didn't come here today to talk about Medicare. So I completely understand. I'm here every Wednesday. I'm here every Tuesday, but here's what we can do. I'm going to get, I'll get your information. I'll get your phone number and, and your name and I'll follow up with you. And then we can set up a time so that we can get together. Maybe, maybe later today, if you're free, are you, are you free this afternoon? And we're hoping that they're going to say yes. If not, you try to set something for maybe the next day as, as, as quickly as you possibly can. You want to try and set an appointment with them, uh, but just tell them, Hey, I respect your time. I know you're busy again, acknowledge that they didn't come in there to talk about Medicare, but try and set. don't put it so far out. You want to keep it. It's, it's, it's warm, right? And so you want to make sure that that you don't put it off for a week, two weeks out. You want to try and schedule something, put something on the calendar as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, and I really appreciated the way that you didn't ask for their information. You told them, just give me your, go ahead and give me your information, yeah. and I'll and I'll do that. One of the, that's I honestly feel like there's there's a there's got to be a number in there somewhere where that's the difference between getting you know a hundred enrollments during AEP in versus getting 70 yeah. is just kind of assuming like that the person wants to talk to you. I know one of our top agents, he, we've interviewed him on our previous and he just assumes that you want to talk to him. Hey, yeah. look, I've got great, I've got great plans and I'm a great agent. I'm assuming that you want to talk to me. Yeah. And so, and so he does that. So what, what this is telling me is, yeah, they're, they're super busy, but that doesn't tell me you don't want to talk to me. It just tells me that you're super busy. So I'm going to assume that you do want to talk to me. Let me just get your information real quick and, and I'll come out and we can, we can have this conversation yeah. at your house. You know, yeah, and so. I love that he said that when, when he said that, when I heard him say that, I was like, wow, like I never really had that take on it. I never really had that perspective, but it's true. Like they yeah. come up to your table, they come up to you to talk to you. Cause remember in this business, we're not allowed to approach people. They've got to approach us. And so the second they come up to us, they came up here for a reason and they yeah. want to talk to me. Yeah. They're opening up a conversation and we can't just, I, I think that's where like, so, so many agents, they just kind of back down and they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I used to do it again. I tell you a lot of the things that we're teaching agents, everyone who's listening, we've probably learned a lot of these things through experience. I know that I, I could definitely say that because I used to just hand my card out. Okay. You're busy. Here's my card. Give me a call. What's the likelihood of them calling me it's back? It's not happening. It's probably it's not, not going to happen. So you want to, and then again, don't ask them, is it okay if I get your number? I, I, a little more assertive. It's not, it's not coming off as pushy. I'm just saying, Hey, here's what I'll do. I'm going to get your name and I'm going to get your phone number and I'll give you a call a little bit later and we'll set something up. Yeah. I like the idea of going after I leave here, if you have time, right? Like yeah. if you're, if, if you don't have something scheduled, just like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to run out there and, and we're going to do it right now. The next objection is, uh, this one's kind of important to me that, that we handle in the right way with the right heart. So the, the, the question is, or, or the objection is, I don't want to make a decision right now. 
And so I'm just going to answer that one because because the way that my approach is one of what I would want someone to do with my own grandparent. Yeah. Right. And so when I started in this business, my grandparents were all, you know, were three of them were still alive. And and so they were in their um, 70s and 80s. And, and it, so everybody that I talked to, I, I talked to them in the, the way that that I would hope that someone would talk to my grandparents. And so if someone tells you, I don't want to make a decision right now, I want to take my foot off the gas and say, you know what, that that's perfectly understandable. A lot of times people have to think about this and, and, and I completely understand. So the first question I would ask is, what is it that, that, that makes you not so sure just yet? Because I do want to understand so that way then when I call back that I can say, oh look, I, I, you know, we've addressed this. And so a lot of times it's something where I just don't make decisions on the day that I'm here. And I think that people have been programmed because they've been tricked into things in the past. And there was a long time, a long period where people were just kind of tricking people. Even today, I, I read that 20 in 2022, 23% of Medicare Advantage enrollees said that they had no recollection of Being enrolling. Switched. Yeah, and that didn't that one to me doesn't doesn't make sense. And so I'm I'm, I'm curious of that. So that was 23 percent of enrollments. Yeah. That's crazy. And changes were up during OEP too, right? 24 yeah. percent. I think I read that people were actually making changes. Yeah, because so, of that. <laughs> yeah. So we we're like, oh man, we gotta we, we you know I, I don't I don't want that I don't want that to happen. And so so really, my position is that. We figure out what it is, and then once they tell you, sometimes it's like, "Look, I got to talk to my uh, to my daughter before I make any kind of move like this." And that's a real live objection that we come up against a lot. And what I what I what I encourage people to do is don't be like, "Well, you can make your own decisions. You're an adult." Like that's never the 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 approach that we use. For me, what I've always done has been like, "Hey, look, I would love to." to help you in that conversation. I'd love to talk to your daughter if, if that's okay with you. Yeah. you can, we can set up another appointment. I'll come back out and I'll present for her the whole presentation again. I can make sure that they understand. And I've had people take me up on that. And a lot of times, when as soon as you get there, they've already explained it to their, to their child that helps them make those decisions. And they are, uh, they're ready to enroll. They're just trying to make sure you're not some kind of jerk, yeah. right? Like they're like, you're not like trying to trick them into something. So I've had it where like you come in, you start talking, we're like, okay, we're good. Yeah. Like, well. yeah and I, I love that approach. I do the exact same thing again, rather than telling them, Hey, you can make your own decisions invite their their yeah. their their child whoever it is and say i'd love to i'd love to talk to them on the phone or or let's reschedule and i'd love to meet with them i, I want them to be here i want to i want them to help you make sure that you're making the right decision because at the end of the day i'm just here to guide you and help you in making these decisions and so i'm happy to get her involved so that way we can all look at this together and we can make a decision together yeah and and if there's another reason like just like i just don't like to make decisions right then and there say look here's what i want to do if it's okay with you i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to give you a call on friday and i'm just going to follow up and and check in and see if you've made a decision by then so I'll, are you going to be free around 10 o'clock yeah okay then yeah. let's go ahead and i'll call you on friday or i'd be glad to come back 
on Friday and answer some more questions if you've yeah. thought of them over these so next that, week. That's what I would do. That's that's what I would do, right? I'd say, hey, look, I'm gonna give you a call on Friday. I want you to think of any questions that you might have about this. And on Friday, I'm gonna give you a call at 10 o'clock and let's go over any questions that you have. Yeah, I think it goes a long way yeah. when you're like, look, think of questions. I'm happy to figure it out. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. Yeah. Let's get let, let's get you over this hump, mm -hmm. really. I'm just, I'm, I'm here to help you and I'm I'm here to provide uh, a service to you. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to get you to enroll right now. I'm not just trying to, and this is a big thing. And if you can get to this point, when we talk about how, how uh, authentic and genuine people can be, and look, I am here in hopes to uh, put you in a better situation. And if I can do that, then I am blessed to make some money to do that. But that's not yeah. what I'm here to do. Really hoping to help you and put you in a better situation. Yeah. We have that right heart. It comes across and people are going to, to yeah. end up making that enrollment, even if they're a little gun shy. I think, I think as agents, what we need to do is we need to make sure that we that we're able to deliver all of the information well enough so that we as agents are confident that they're going to be confident about the decision that they're making and so my style is a, is a no pressure style because i'm confident that i gave all of the information that i know that they're going to end up making this change so if they're not ready to make a change here today okay let's check up on friday let's go over any of the questions that you have and then we'll make some decisions yeah, I, I I love that, and again, I'm 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 definitely a no pressure style. Also, I think that with the the population that we serve, it's a must. Yeah, and I'm hoping that that if you're watching this, that 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 you would pick that up as well and that it would be the most important thing to you as well. So one of the next objections that we come across is I'm worried about the restrictions on hospitals and doctors, which is valid. Yeah, right. So kind of walk me through and now let's so we're here in a big metroplex and that's helpful for for what we do right so let's talk about how we overcome that in a big metroplex and then we'll do it also in kind of a smaller area like you know kerrville like where you've been yeah. you know so um any thoughts yeah I, I would one of the things that i usually lead with now is i say you know back uh when i first started in this business 10 years ago it was a big issue because networks were not as big when it came to doctors and when it came to hospitals but what we've seen year over year is that these networks are expanding and they're getting bigger and bigger and i understand that that's a huge concern it'd be a big concern for me too so here's what i'm going to do what hospitals do you prefer? Well, what are your preferred hospitals? I can go and check and see, make sure whatever plan we're gonna discuss, that that hospital is in the network. Same with your doctors, we have to do that. It's my job to do that for you. Uh, but ultimately, when it comes down to like your hospitals, if you have a surgery that's coming up, whatever doctor is performing that surgery, they're usually gonna tell you, hey, this is the surgery that we're gonna be operating. This is the hospital that we're gonna be operating. Yeah, you don't of. get a choice, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and you usually don't have a choice. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's how I have that conversation with them and I let them know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that for you and I'm gonna make sure that the options that we're gonna discuss is something that you have access to these particular hospitals or doctors that you wanna make sure that you have. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I, I've got I've got nothing to add to that. I think it's that's that's the way to handle this. There there are um, there are those restrictions. And again, we come to the previous one, we're like, I don't wanna lose my doctor. One thing that I'll mention on the, I don't wanna lose my doctor, let's talk about specialists. A lot of times people will have a specialist that they haven't seen in years and that they don't see anymore. And so the question that you would wanna ask them is, you know, all things being considered, this is the plan. The majority of your doctors are in your primary doctor 
your specialists are in, except for this one doctor who, who you've said that you haven't seen in a few years. Let me ask you an honest question. Like, would you feel comfortable maybe trying a new doctor? Another question that I have with that is, uh, how did you find that specialist in the first place? And a lot of times the answer is, I was referred by my primary doctor. That's great. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because your primary doctor is still in this network and they're responsible for referring you to a specialist under this plan. I'm, I'm willing to bet that they would refer you to another good doctor that you could trust. Am I right? And a lot of times the answer is like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I trust my doctor to refer another good doctor. And so a lot of times that really kind of gets you over that hump with doctors they haven't seen in a long time. Or even if there's a situation where you're putting them in a much better situation financially and it's a specialist that they see, I would still ask the question, like, you know, do you trust your primary care doctor to recommend another good cardiologist? Well, of course. Then let's go ahead and, and, yeah. and do it that way. So one piece of information or a little tip that I have for that is at the at the time that you're getting the doctor's information, primary doctors and specialists, I always I always encourage agents to follow up with how often do you see that doctor? And that helps you have the way you just had that conversation with them. It helps you prepare for how you're going to have that conversation because they're going to open up to you and say, well, I see this doctor once a month because he saved my life. So we know, right, when we're doing our homework that this is high on the priority yeah. list. And don't mess with that, guys. Yeah. Like, like if, if somebody is in that kind of like where they're seeing their doctor that often, they're that important to them, unless they're telling you I'm okay with it, you know, like let's, let's find a plan that that specialist works with. And you can sometimes when you're when you're having to decide between an advantage plan between advantage plans you could even ask them like look it, it, it does not appear that the primary care doctor is in any of the same plans that your specialist is in. Sounds to me like your specialist is the most important one. Is that how you feel? Yeah, I'm willing to give up my, yeah. my primary doctor. Now um, I want to I want to tell people just for just for the that we have the right heart again, you know my personal opinion is that if they're just on original Medicare then getting on, an, on a plan and making a sacrifice of doctors makes a lot of sense. But if they're on a Medicare supplement and these doctors are important to them and they're obviously going through care where they're having to see a doctor on a monthly basis and they're, they've got some serious issues, maybe just leave them on the yeah. plan unless they can no longer afford that Medicare supplement. And that's gonna come back and reward you when, you, yeah. when you have that conversation with them. Say, hey, look, you've got a lot of, you, you have a lot of doctors that you're seeing and you need access to them. I know they're important to you. I think it makes the most sense for you to stay with your Medicare supplement. Yeah. And uh, so my advice is just to stay right where you are. And they're gonna remember that. They're gonna say, wow, Raul was really looking out for my best interest. And so they're gonna consider you when they're talking to friends, when they're talking to family members, they're gonna say, why don't you give Raul a call? He's, he does a good job. He actually recommended that I stay with my insurance. He did what was best for me. Yeah. I, you can trust him. Yeah, it goes a long way. Uh, next one kind of related to that is an objection saying, I don't, I don't want to deal with referrals for specialists. I, I, you know, I remember I was alive during the 80s. I remember how hard it was to get a referral. What are your take on, on, on that? Well, I, I always lead with what they're, my, my thoughts are always geared toward what, towards what they're telling me. So if somebody tells me that, I'm not talking about an HMO right away. I'm still going to talk about an HMO, but I'm not going to talk about it right away. The first thing that I'm thinking is a PPO plan. And so I'll talk about how PPO plans work. Uh, the, the beauty of a PPO plan is that you have, it, it stands for preferred provider 
uh, organization, meaning that you have the freedom to choose any doctor that you want, uh, whether they're in or out of the network. Of course, if they're in the network, you're going to see them at a lower cost. And if they're out of the network, they, they have to be willing to see you, of course, with the insurance that you've got. Um, but I also, as an agent, I want to make sure that I, I talk to you about how HMO plans work, because I know that Historically, they've left a bad taste in people's mouths, uh, but I do want to explain how HMO plans work nowadays and all the benefits, the, the pros and the cons that, that come to both. And the, the reason that I do that role is because I don't want to, we all know, right, with an HMO plan, your, your out-of-pocket costs are going to be lower. Right. And usually those extras, those extra benefits are, are a little more loaded up on the HMO plan than they are with a PPO plan. And so I don't want to leave that household with them thinking maybe when the next time they see a commercial or the next time that they're in conversation with some friends and they talk about this rich benefit that their friend or family member is getting, they're thinking, well, gosh, Raul, Oscar never talked to me about that benefit. We never went over that. I wonder why he didn't do that. And so you're kind of protecting yourself from losing that member or keeping them from calling another agent or an 800 number by saying, look, we looked at all of our options and, and I explained to you what you're getting with an HMO option versus what you're getting with a PPO option and then helping them make a decision. Yeah. And I, you know, usually by the time we get to, to that point, I've already gone through in the warm up and kind of had this conversation yeah. also where it's not, it's less of an objection and just more part of that warm up conversation where, where I'm, I'm explaining to them that, you know, a lot of times I, I I'll be honest with them also, like what I would be on is, is an HMO. I and I'm not one of those people that just sells what I would want to be on. I, I think that that's, that's, that's not fair to the, to the client, but I always bring it up. And a lot of times it gives them a certain amount of trust when, when they say, oh, you, that's what you would be on. Yeah. But, but the, nowadays, we don't see as many problems getting referrals. It's yeah. the big thing. The big part to me is that oftentimes the, the problems with referrals or the difficulty in getting referrals is from the primary care doctor. But nowadays, these doctors do a great job. A lot of times they have a referral specialist on the staff and, and things like that. But usually when I, when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, I've been having problems with referrals, sounds to me like you have a, a plan more with your provider and less about the plan right. that you're on or problem with that. Yeah. You know, and, and so always wanna make sure to, to bring that up. Hey, the next one that I have here is I travel frequently and I'm worried about coverage. When, when you're thinking about like, the, the objection is for the HMO. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of times, so we think about, you want to ask the question, well, they're telling you, right, that they do, they do travel quite a bit. Uh, you want to ask how often, right? Yeah. Like how long are these trips that they're going on? Because you got to remember let's, with let's an HMO. Let's do it. Let's role play real quick. All right. So, so I'm the client. Yeah. yeah so realistically I travel, uh, probably like four months of the year and I'm, I'm here most of the time, but, but I like to take, you know, um, for the summer, I spend two months down in, uh, in or up in Georgia because that's where my grandkids are. So I spend yeah. two months there during the summer. And then I like to travel uh, in in November through uh, Vermont, and then I like to spend uh, about two weeks a year in Nevada. Yeah, that's a lot of traveling that you're doing. Yeah. That's great. Well, I think what 
what might make the most sense for you is not necessarily an HMO plan. And let me tell you why, because with HMO plans, the you're, when you are traveling, really the, the coverage that you have available to you is gonna be something that would be like an urgent care situation, um, or of course an emergency. When it comes to an emergency, you're, co you're actually covered worldwide. And um, so if you wake up, the difference between the two we know, right? An emergency is an emergency, a heart attack, a stroke, a, a car accident, you, you go to the nearest hospital versus urgent care. That might just be, hey, when you're out in, when you're up in Georgia, spending time with your, with your grandkids, uh, and you might wake up one day with a little bit under the weather and you wanna go see a doctor, you can use, you can find an urgent care clinic that's there. But when it comes to the routine care, I don't know that an HMO plan is something that makes sense for you. I don't get routine um, care over there. No, you don't. No. Okay, well then, then an HMO plan is still yeah, an option. I think for that's it. a that's that's one real important question that I would ask. Just ev even going in there is okay. So so the, the next question after they mention that they do that travel is is the question of you know so if you had to get your you know your annual physical or your mammogram all of those types of things are you typically doing that when you're visiting in Georgia or do you do that when you're back here in yeah. town? And a lot of times the answer is I don't do any of that stuff outside of of San Antonio. I do it all here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, so really, and that's a big one for me. If, if that's an objection, when someone tells me that they travel a lot, that doesn't tell me that they're not good for an HMO. Yeah. What that tells me, because you still have emergency and urgent care. If you wake up with the, with the flu or COVID, you can go to the nearest urgent care facility, mm -hmm. kind of get taken care of and, and then, and then move on. So you're still, you're still to me an HMO candidate. So the question is, is um, when, that that situation changes and they're like well yeah to be honest like so i'm in georgia for three months of the year the whole summer i'm there and uh and we actually have a home there and so during those three months i see doctors there my cardiologist is there and those types of things that's yeah. when i'm like oh you know what let's let's look let's let's talk about a ppo um you know, but but a lot of times people, especially if their primary location, the primary place where they live is in San Antonio, it could still it could still make sense. And it comes down to, um, you know, every agent is going, you know, we're all individuals, we're all licensed agents and we can all make help make recommendations on our on what we feel. But my feeling on it is that's that's not to me. And again, how I make all recommendations is what I would do for my own mother, my own grandparent. Yeah. And I would gladly still recommend an HMO. It was my own mom who was doing all this traveling because it, the, the limitations aren't really there if you're seeing your doctors mm -hmm. locally. Uh, because that's the big thing is that the HMOs are, are more local. Yeah. Um, so PPOs, uh, let, let's talk about real quick international travel. I just say it. So if you're an agent, you should know this. Uh, Medicare in general covers you, and it says it on the application uh, with limited or only in the United States and with limited coverage near the U.S. border. But these Medicare Advantage plans, they often say worldwide coverage on them, right, yeah. for emergency. But here's what I want to tell everybody, and I've I've had a, a client give me really a horror story of being on a cruise and they did not take travel insurance, so they're on this cruise and um, they were on, and I won't I won't actually even say the name of the company. They were on a PPO with a major carrier. And so they went out to, uh, on this cruise and they were somewhere off of, uh, somewhere near Argentina. She steps out of the shower, she breaks her ankle and she is, you know, she's a senior. So yeah. that's, that's some care she needs to. So the people from the cruise ship, um, 
being as caring as they were, sent her, <laughs> get off the cruise ship, he, we go to the hospital, but we gotta keep on our schedule. Right. So she stays at the hospital in Argentina. And it was, uh, I wanna say it was not in like one of the big cities, not like, you know, um, one of the big cities out there. So she's small town. Yeah, small town there, but they do have a hospital. It's one of the one of the docking cities, right? So um so she's there and there for about five days. So they have to fly back, right? Uh the they said, okay, well, you're ready to go home and uh we just need you to take care of this twenty five thousand dollar bill. <laughs> and you're like, well, okay. Uh we have insurance. Oh, well, it's through major company. Um, wait. Um, yeah, I don't know who that company is. We just need you to pay us right. 25000 <laughs> And And so basically it was, you can't leave here because we know we're not going to get it from you. So you can't leave the hospital until we get paid. So luckily this particular individual had that kind of money. And I want to say it was closer to 100000 but now it's just been so long I can't remember. Probably been 13 years since yeah. he told me the story. But he ended up, having to have the money wired over to his um to to them from his account luckily he had it not everybody does uh, but just kind of want to put that out to everybody it these plans have worldwide coverage i believe he was reimbursed because the plan has worldwide yeah. coverage but the important part is is just just be aware so if a client calls you and tells you yeah i'm going to be traveling outside the u.s be aware these plans are not designed for outside the U.S., so just keep that in mind when you're making recommendations. Uh, if a person lives six months out of the year in Mexico and the other six months here, this may not, you know, be the best option. Or otherwise, they just understand that they have coverage while right. they're here in the U.S., not necessarily outside of the U.S. Because yeah, one thing we tend to overlook is Medicare is not recognized in other countries. It's a, not it's, a, it's a program here in the U.S. No. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So um, next one is I've heard that Medicare Advantage plans are more complicated. Uh, and so I'm a, uh, we're going to assume that the person's on a Medicare supplement right now. And so they hear that. What are your thoughts? They can't, uh, Not necessarily. So especially, well, we know with a Medicare supplement that you have a lot more freedom. There's, there's essentially no network, right? As long as they take Medicare, you can go anywhere that you want with your Medicare supplement. When it comes to Medicare Advantage plans, there are networks, yep. and the, this, those networks are gonna vary depending on whether you're looking at a PPO or if you're looking at an HMO plan. But I wouldn't necessarily say that they're complicated because they work a lot like your traditional health insurance. So mm -hmm. you want them to kind of, you want to take them back in time and say, hey, they work a lot like, you remember what your insurance was like through your work before you had this Medicare supplement? That's, that's pretty much how these Medicare Advantage plans operate is you have a network of doctors wherever it is that you're going. If you have a PPO, for example, of course you want to make sure that your doctors are in the network but if they're not in the network you you do have the freedom to go outside of the network as long as they're willing to take your insurance so i wouldn't necessarily say that they're complicated yeah uh, if anything i would say that what is more complicated is is original medicare and a supplement because you're getting like every time you go to the doctor every time you go to the hospital every time you go and get a checkup anytime you get blood work you're getting all this mail you're getting you're getting uh, claims uh, mail from Medicare, and then you're also getting it from the Medicare supplement. Yeah. And you're doing it when you're on an Advantage plan. You're oftentimes getting a monthly statement with everything that was done and everything that they paid for. So to me, the word complicated kind of kind of 
would say that maybe original Medicare and a supplement is is more complicated. Uh, as far as figuring out how to use it, there's a little bit of a learning curve, like just with regard to referrals and things like that. But guess who's here to help you with that? That's me. Remember I told you earlier, I want to be the first call that you make. That's what I'm, that's what yeah. I'm going to tell him. And that's it. I'm going to be the first call you make. So yeah. if there's any issues that ever feels complicated, I hope that you will trust me enough to pick up the phone and give me a call. Mm -hmm. And I'd be happy to, to help you through that. Um, I'm worried about co-pays and co-insurance with Medicare Advantage. I think that there's one real answer for that. If somebody tells me, well, I'm just worried about the co-pays, I'm gonna often, like if they're on a Medicare supplement, if that's what I'm going up against, I'm gonna bring up the fact that they're paying a monthly premium regardless of whether or not they go to the doctor. They're paying this monthly premium for the Medicare supplement and for the Advantage plan. So even if they're, let's say they're 60, 67 uh, years old, what did, what you is said it? advantage plan just oh, for, for listeners. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, drug plan. Um, so, so when they're in that situation and, and they're paying for the drug plan, paying about $45 a month for the drug plan, and they're paying about 130 for the, uh, the supplement, they're, you're already paying. So yeah. you think about that, you're starting from, from that point where you're on an advantage plan. We, you may not even spend that much on an yeah. advantage plan just on a, on a regularly regular year. And so, um, but the important part, kind of the, the most important part to bring up is that's what the, the uh, out-of-pocket yeah. maximum is for. And One other piece is a lot of times people, agents tend to overlook the savings on the prescription drug side. Yeah. When you're, when you're talking to somebody who has a Medicare supplement, because most med subs, when you pair it, you, when you, when you add a prescription drug plan, most prescription drug plans have an annual deductible that you have to meet and cost share can generally be a little bit higher than you would see it be on a Medicare Advantage plan. So we talk about co-pays and, and in your monthly premium, the money that you're saving paying for this meds up, but let's not forget as agents, we, we gotta we gotta factor that in and say, hey, look, you're also gonna be saving this much money on your trip to the pharmacy. Yeah. So one big piece. Yeah. Guys, I hope that this helped you with your Medicare, uh, overcoming Medicare objections. I know it's difficult out there because we wanna make sure that we are um, not pressuring people. So there's that, there's that balance. But the way that I look at it is if you keep the right heart, right? If, you're, if your heart is to help people, to put people in a better situation, then you're not gonna come off as being someone who's pressuring. You're gonna overcome objections and make sure that you help people get into the right area. Thanks so much. See you next week.